0: Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the show. Now, on today's podcast, we have a special guest that is, well, to be fully disclosed, he is my son, Cameron Grubbs. And I will let you, Cameron, tell our listeners a little bit about. Uh, the world and and where you grew up and kind of what where did you grow up uh at and what what's a little bit about you
1: um so uh i i've i've lived in a small town northeast texas uh in jefferson uh, marshall longview area my entire life uh grew up in the pines uh never never expected to to be anywhere else um, grew up doing uh, country boy stuff, riding four wheelers, hunting, fishing. Um, I ended up uh, deciding to go play baseball for two years in college. Um, I got that opportunity. Uh, it, it didn't really work out for me. I wouldn't trade it for the world, uh, but then I decided uh, to go to Texas A&M where I spent, um feels like the better half of my life, um, <laughs> and uh, ended up graduating from there in uh, December of last year. Um, now I am in downtown Houston uh, working uh, in sales for a uh, software company called Finboa.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So besides work, what, what do you enjoy doing? What What's fun for you?
1: Um I've I've kind of
0: adjusted
1: to uh find find new things um uh, like like I said growing up it was it was um hanging out hanging out with friends um it was uh hunting and fishing uh more of more outdoors outdoorsy activities um now I've 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 been trying to trying to find something that uh, to, to do around here. Um, I, I was going to, before all of this started happening, um, uh, I was going to join a Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym. Um, I, I'm a black belt in, um, American Tongsudo. I got the opportunity this, um, after, after doing Taekwondo for many years when I was younger, uh, with, uh, with you, uh, I got the opportunity this this past summer to go to California um, and visit my uncle who owns a um, karate studio, and I got to finish my uh, black belt in um, American Tungsudo. So that was something that I was interested in doing, uh, starting over with a new martial art. Um, but now um, I, I just built a computer. i'm I'm just trying to find stuff to do uh, when I'm not working.
0: Yeah, we're going through unusual times for sure. So, um w- let's talk about before the pandemic. What what what's it like to live in downtown Houston? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: You know, it's it's really not as bad as I thought it would be. Um uh, I'm I'm inside the loop as as they as they like to say um where where 40 45 and and Highway 69 intersect. Um in in downtown i'm right inside of that so the traffic is not terrible um especially whenever i was driving to work uh, it would take me about five minutes um so not a bad commute at all but once you start getting further and uh, further away from downtown the commutes get longer the traffic gets worse and then it and then it finally finally mellows out a little bit once you get out of houston
0: Wow. No, you know, most people might not believe that you could live in downtown uh, any major city and and not deal with traffic. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty unusual. And and what I heard you say is that you are literally in the loop.
1: Yes. Yes. So I'm, I'm not in, I'm not necessarily in downtown proper. Um, I'm in, uh, I'm in Southeast downtown near uh, St. Joseph medical center. So the traffic's not quite as bad. Um, in my area of downtown, but once you get into downtown proper, where all the uh, big business uh, buildings are, uh, it gets a little bit, a little bit more hectic. But uh, I picked a good spot to live.
0: Nice, nice. I, I'm guessing that there are a lot of good places to eat in downtown Houston.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I've I've been uh, I've been ordering delivery a lot lately, uh, which I should probably stop, but um uh there's there's a new you can you can eat somewhere new every day and never never run out
0: wow wow so if if someone were thinking about moving to houston would you would you recommend downtown or would you recommend a suburb just knowing what you know now what what would you recommend
1: i think the situation uh have to definitely take into account the situation hello, uh, hello can you hear me? yeah okay um i think you definitely have to take uh into account the the situation um in the context uh for me i have a i have a truck right now um and and where you're you have to take into account where where you're working uh so i work in our office is in midtown so uh it's pretty close to downtown if i were to live uh say in one of the suburbs uh in in conroe or spring um i would have a a 30 to 45 minute commute on my hands every morning uh so with a truck that's not very ideal um so living downtown i pay a little bit more um for rent but i think it offsets the the fact that i'm not driving very far
0: yeah, so it sounds like location to work is very important to you to keep the commute time down.
1: Most, most definitely. But um, if you get a job that that gives you a, a vehicle, then I mean, I guess that's not really something that you need to worry about.
0: Okay. Well, we, you know, we've got listeners all over the world. So you got people listening to you in, in in the East. You got people listening to you in Europe, South America. So you know, there's there are a lot of people I think that can relate. To living in a big city, so tell us uh, specifically about your job and what you do. Tell us, tell us about your work.
1: So um, Finboa is a uh, banking software uh, company. Uh, it stands for Financial Back Office Automation. Uh, we we basically help banks and credit unions uh, streamline their their operations, uh, specifically in. Um, relation to uh, debit card um, disputes, um, debit card ATM ACH um, stop payment um, types of types of disputes. Um, a lot of banks and credit unions currently use a manual process uh, to to handle these, uh, which can be Ah, uh, challenging for for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, there's there's multiple people working in these in these same spreadsheets uh, that can cause um, errors or miscalculations. Um, and then two, it just takes more time. So um, my boss developed um, a software that um, streamlines that process, basically from, um, the time the customer decides to file the dispute to, um, the time that the dispute is resolved.
0: Oh, wow. So it, it sounds like, you know, you're, you're saving people time and you're also helping people be more accurate with their paperwork. Would that be a good description?
1: Absolutely. There's, there's a couple of people, um, uh, there's a couple of people that are our main, uh, I get, I, I would say contacts in, in the banks, uh, one is is usually uh, card services or deposit operations uh, managers Um, and then the other is uh, compliance officers Mm, so so the software kind of appeals to um, each one of those differently Uh, the deposit operations managers are um, more interested in the um, operation uh, operations costs and the, uh, speed, the time savings. Um, and then the compliance officers are interested in how, um, how we can keep them, uh, keep them compliant.
0: Hmm. Well, and I'm guessing that with, with everything going on now with the coronavirus and the pandemic, that automation would be something that banks might want to have now. Is that, is that a fair assumption to make?
1: You would think so. Um, I I think that uh, some may be uh, a, a lot. A, one of the problems that that we have is um, that that these banks and credit unions don't really know that they have a problem. Uh,
0: um,
1: so unless something something like um, having a really bad audit happens, or um, unless unless something happens that they can say. Um, oh, this this that was definitely a, a result of, of our process um, of the the holes in our process at the moment, then they they don't really um, realize that, that they have a problem.
0: Hmm. Well, it sounds to me like you're selling time in, in other words, you're selling the, the, the idea that they can save time and be more accurate with their work. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit. You know, what, what surprised you the most about being in sales?
1: Um, so I guess what surprised me the most was the fact that, um, that you're, you're, you're not going to get in touch with somebody, um, as often as, as, as I would have thought, um, coming into it. Um, now that I'm in it, it's, um, I, I, I know the numbers. Uh, I know, I know how often I, I, I should expect to get in touch with someone, but, um, I, I, I never would have thought that out of, say, if I made 50 calls a day, um, that only four of those people are going to pick up the phone.
0: Yeah. So we, we may have listeners on here that are thinking about a career in sales. So what I hear you saying is that, uh, it's not an, it's not as easy as some people might think it is.
1: No, it's not. And it's definitely not for everybody. I can definitely see, um, I can, I can definitely see someone that, that doesn't have, uh, and not, not saying anything, um, bad about these people, but if you don't have a um, a very outgoing personality, if you don't um, take rejection very well, uh, sales is most likely not for you.
0: Uh, so let's, let's, let's stay there a minute. So how, what's the craziest thing you've heard from, from a rejection standpoint? What What's just something crazy you've heard?
1: Um, nothing, nothing uh, too crazy yet. Um, thank goodness. But uh, sometimes sometimes, Uh, Sometimes people will uh, give you a, give you a laugh or, or hurt your feelings. Um, (laughs) I guess um, there's, there's really not, not anything that, that I could, that I could point to off the top of my head that would be a, a crazy ha ha
0: nobody's saying you crazy idiot. Why are you calling me? We're, we're in the middle of a pandemic. What, what the heck are you doing? I did,
1: uh, I did have, I did have one, one lady, uh, uh, right when this first started, um, I, I, I called and, uh, she seemed, she seemed pretty upset that I was calling her during, um, during a, a global pandemic. And, uh, uh, she wasn't on the phone very long, but if I, if I could, if I could talk to her now, I would just say, Hey, I realize we have a lot of things going on. Um, I, I realized that, that you may not have time to listen to what I have to say, but, uh, I have to do my job too. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess people can be more, uh, more open, uh, at times, but you definitely get to see the the entire spectrum of of personalities whenever, whenever you're making as many calls as I do.
0: So you, you, of course, you know, I'm in sales as well. So it it is, uh, it, it is a business of interrupting people. You have to interrupt people if you want to succeed in sales and you know, how, how do you feel when you, interrupt people. And and you said something I thought was interesting that, that you have a job to do as well. Are you able to, to really, I guess, grasp that your job is, is interrupting people's normal days? I think that that's something, I think
1: that that's something that you have to, um, get comfortable with. Um, I, I, I have, uh, I have read that and, and heard that and I, it's a good, um, It's a, it's a really good point that we're, if you wait for somebody to be available to talk to you, you're going to be waiting for forever. (laughs) Um, so, so I think that that's a really good approach to have is, is, Hey, these people are not going to be expecting your call and they're probably not going to be too happy that you're calling them. So, what can you do to um, take the take the focus of their attention off of the fact that you just called them during their lunch, or you just called them when they were about to uh, have their time to play Minesweeper on their computer? <laughs> so. Um, what can you do to to ease the ease the tension
0: yeah well and, and I, I know you know this, but uh, you know even the most seasoned sales professionals are sometimes apprehensive or afraid to pick up the phone and call someone that they don't know how How are you able to be okay in your mind with calling complete strangers to to introduce yourself and your company How, how do you process that? so
1: um it's definitely taken taken some getting used to uh whenever i i try my best uh when i was when i was in college i was in uh, retail sales just for this for a small um for a small feed store in in marshall texas um but i i educated myself first i i don't i don't want to be the guy that's blowing smoke up somebody's ass excuse my french but um i don't want to be that guy that is talking 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 but knows nothing about the product Mm. i I like to i like to educate myself about the product and um not say something unless uh, i believe it to be true now i can i can talk around not not knowing certain things all day um but once you have that knowledge, it it helps you. It helps you so much.
0: So I'm hearing you say that you you really pride yourself in understanding the business before you pick up the phone and make a call.
1: Yes, the I mean the business, um, but but more importantly the product because um, uh, yes, you are uh, you, but you're selling both. So um, I, I, I think it's I think it's important to know uh, to know enough about both to, um, educate the, your prospects about both because you're not selling a business without a product and you're not selling a product without a business.
0: Ah, Okay. All right. So you are, uh, you graduated from Texas A&M university in late 2019. So you've been at this job for, this is going on, going on four months. If you were giving advice to someone else that was considering sales as a profession, what would you tell them? What what advice would you give them?
1: Um, so, if if somebody else is is, is out there uh, considering considering sales, um, I would I would say just go do it. Find there's sales sales in everything. So uh, find something that you like or or at this point just find a job that somebody's willing to give you and uh go try it see if see if it's for you um usually usually sales is is not going to be a a salary paying job that's gonna that's gonna be be there for you um at all times that uh you you it's, you're not gonna be able to, to have, a, have a successful career with just the salary. So you really have the initiative to work um, in sales. And that's, that's something that, that I like about it. Um, I'm, I'm not just getting paid this, this much per year to, to do um, this job. I get paid however much I want to get paid based on how much i work
0: oh so you're talking about commissions so you know you it sounds like you like the fact that you have compensation that matches with your ability to sell that it goes up if you do more work and 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 of course goes down or stays the same if you don't do as much work
1: absolutely um i'm 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 a total believer of uh, uh you you get what you um you get what you put it, you get out of things, what you put into them. So if you're not working very hard and uh, then you're not going to make very much money, but if you're working hard, you can, you can make as much money as you want.
0: So yeah, let's, let's build on that a little bit because I consider sales professionals to be the elite athletes in business. I mean, they're the ones, it all starts with a sale. Someone's got to sell it and someone's got to buy it. So, you know, what do you think makes the job so challenging?
1: Um i think the challenge comes um, comes with the 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 sales process um in general uh uh outbound outbound calling isn't isn't easy um as as we spoke to a little bit earlier um, but also uh, it's, it's the entire process. Uh, that was something that, that I had to adjust to, and I'm still having to adjust to is, um, I get, I get someone on the phone and they say, yes, I'll, I will take a look at this. Um, so what's next? Um, so that's definitely, that's definitely a challenge, um, is is uh, learning because the sales process for one business may be totally different than the sales process for another another business, and especially in retail sales, um, it's easy to get a customer say this is the awesome thing about this product, and they're like okay I'll take it, and then maybe if you're with a if you're uh, selling cars maybe there's paperwork maybe there's not. And they're out of the door, you move on to the next one. But with business to business or, or B2B sales, um, it's, it's a lot more challenging. There's, there's multiple people you might have to talk to. Uh, there's multiple people you might have to convince. You might even, you might not even be talking to the person or ever talk to the person that makes the decision. Mm. So, uh, you have to, you have to make, whoever your contact is with that business, um, you have to make them your gladiator, your mm-hmm. your um, your biggest fan, because they're the ones that are going to be selling it to their boss.
0: Yeah. So it, it sounds like you're talking about the length of the sales cycle. You know, some businesses, you know, it's, it's a, it's a quick transaction. And it sounds like with your business, it's a longer sales cycle. Um since that's the case and and we've we've kind of entered a you know a, a virtual halt to business in this country with the coronavirus how has how has your job been impacted
1: Um so I am talking to you from my apartment uh we we've packed up packed up the office we're here in houston we've we were put under a, a shelter in place. Or, or a stay-at-home order uh, last week around Tuesday. Um, So we're all working from home, uh, and it looks like it's. I know federally, it's been extended till um, the end of the month. So I, I I assume Houston's going to be right there, right there behind them. So um, we'll we'll be here quarantined until. until uh the end of april
0: wow so does it does it seem is it eerily calm downtown i mean what's it like we see we see videos of other major cities where it's just really calm downtown and you don't see anybody what's what's it like when you look out your window now so there's there's
1: there's obviously still traffic on on 69 and highway 69 and um i-45 but um, as far as the downtown streets, I could get probably I could get across downtown Houston in about a minute and a half right now. Probably wow. um, there's there's no one no one on the roads. Uh, depending on the time, um, some people are out and about a little bit, but uh, depending on the time, you may be able to stand out in the middle of the street in downtown Houston and and nobody's going to be around
0: you. Wow. That's, that's just, that's unbelievable. That's remarkable. But, you know, I guess it's like that in, in all major cities with this, with this pandemic that, that people are literally shutting down and the people are are listening. I mean, are, would, would that be a fair assumption that people are actually listening and, and shutting down?
1: I, I think so. Um, there was a, at the beginning of this, um, I, I was a skeptic as well. Um, I was like uh it's not gonna be that bad um it's just it's just the flu um but right now it's getting it's getting a little real, and I think that we're we're making the best decisions uh for the long run. It's not easy to work from home it's not um ideal to not be able to go um, to not be able to go uh out to eat. Um, I, I still have buddies in, I still have buddies in college and whenever they, whenever they shut all the, shut all the bars down, I was like, Oh no, what are they going to do?
0: <laughs> but are your friends taking it seriously? You think most of them are are of the same mindset as you, that this is, this is real and we, we need to shut it down so that we can stop the, the the virus and keep the peak low?
1: I think so. Um, I don't, I don't think my um i don't I don't think uh, i don't I don't know if they realize as as much as I do being in downtown Houston that um that how serious it is but um if if you if you walked around in downtown Houston or any any major city uh and realized how many people that you come in contact to come come in contact with every single day. Uh, you would you would take a second look and and, and be like, uh, maybe 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 it's not bad that I, that I stay away from people for a little bit
0: yeah, yeah, so that's got to be lonely how, how are you dealing with the loneliness? How are you dealing with the isolation? how does that how does that work in your mind?
1: Well in um, being in, being an extrovert, it's kind of hard to be in here all by myself um, but I have I have my my dog. I try to FaceTime my my friends and family a lot. I spend a lot of time uh, on on Netflix and YouTube or cooking. Uh, I just I just started binging um, Ozark on Netflix. So,
0: um, I saw something touching on a video this morning. Uh, It was uh, it was everybody in downtown New York. I guess at seven p.m. they all start. Applauding and cheering as loud as they can from their balconies and their windows for the people that must work—the essential workers—the the you know the the people that have to pick up trash, the people that have to uh, you know work in the hospitals, the people that have to work during this pandemic. There's a whole. It was just, it was beautiful to see all those people just yelling and screaming as loud as they could outside their windows for what they call the essential workforce. Anything like that happening in Houston? Anything you've noticed?
1: No, um, not necessarily. Um, Like I said, I haven't, I haven't really been out much and I don't, I don't get to watch the local news uh, too often. Um, But that's, that's awesome. I, I, I hope there's stuff like that going on everywhere
0: yeah, there's a lot of cities in lockdown and they're going to have to be for a while. So let's, let's look forward a little bit, you know, how, you know, how do you think you can prepare for the economic recovery? What, what are you doing in your own mind? Uh, and it might just be mentally or literally, what are you doing to prepare for the the rise, the upturn?
1: Um, so myself, um, I'm just, I'm just, uh, living, it, living it day by day. Um, know it's i know this isn't going to be forever um and i'm i'm interested to see what's going to happen after this um as uh as as a company i think that uh right now we're just focusing on educating um we're we're not trying to uh push as hard as uh, as we as we have in the past to to uh to sell I don't think that's something that uh, we should be doing right now. Um, I, I think that uh, educating um, and uh, building relationships is is really important. Um, but at, at me, me personally, I'm just I'm just living day by day and um, washing my hands <laughs> and uh, just just looking forward to the future.
0: So, uh, you know, I call that the buying window that, uh, all customers have buying windows. So it sounds like you're telling me that the buying window may not be open now, but you want to build strong relationships with people so that when the buying window opens, they think about you or your company. Is that, is that, is that fair to say?
1: Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm still making my calls. Um, and, and whenever I get in touch with people, I, I just, I just, uh, ask them if uh, ask first I ask them how they're how they're doing uh, during during this this uh incredibly uh hard situation um, and then I just i try to try to get their email and see if i can see if I can send them uh, send them some some papers or uh, or send them some information that'll kind of educate them uh, on this trend work remote work trend that we have going on right now.
0: So if being an extrovert you said you're an extrovert earlier do do you like working at home or do you prefer being in an office where you can work around other people what what's your preference Uh
1: it's it's not terribly different um different uh than than the office right now we we work um uh, we work in a in a smaller office so usually there's only 3 of us 3 of us there so it's it's not terribly terribly hard i can i can talk in my in my full voice at home Uh, um (laughs) i I have a pretty projective voice so uh it can get kind of loud on in in the background of other people's calls and um uh, sometimes we have to trade off so uh that's not that's not a bad thing
0: so like i said you've got listeners around the world you mentioned a dog tell the tell the listeners about your dog you know what what's the dog's name and what's what's he like
1: so uh his name is rudder uh he's named after um one of the presidents of texas a&m general james earl rudder um his his character is actually portrayed in um in the movie saving private ryan um he's a miniature schnauzer Uh, he he can he can be a sleepy boy at times and then he can be over here while I'm working uh standing up on my leg asking what we're asking what we're doing
0: so so it sounds like he's a blessing to have now that you're down there alone and kind of stuck in quarantine
1: He is definitely I don't know what I would do if i didn't have didn't have a dog here
0: well, that's good so so let's let's stay there a little bit you know there are probably millions of people around the world who are going through exactly what you're going through right now. They are isolated. They're locked down in a big city somewhere, maybe without family or without people around them. So, what advice would you give other people that are that are going through this and, and are experiencing this right now?
1: I would I would say um, find something find something to do find something to to do to be productive um, find a project uh, that if you live in the if you live in the country and have a garage. Uh, and, and can afford a afford a car to build up build one up. I know my my uncle uh, and cousin are doing that in California right now. Uh, they got an old Chevy Blazer that they're that they're building up. Uh, for me, it was it was this computer. I still still haven't downloaded Windows to it. So um, I'm gonna have to be. I'm I'm still that project's still not not finished. But. Um, just find something to do, even if it's learning how to cook. If you, if you don't know how to cook, watch YouTube and get in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, you you may not know this, but your little brother is—he uh, just took the carburetor off of one of uh, his four wheelers, and he uh, told him, "I said that's great." I said, "Go on, go on Amazon and try to find a a new replacement spark uh, carburetor." So he's he's out—he's actually working on something, and I think he's enjoying that as well, just figuring it out for himself. Um, what about, uh, you said something about cooking, um, uh, tell people a little bit more about, about your cooking hobby.
1: Um, so I, I cook a little bit of everything. Um, I, I guess I got into cooking about a year ago. Um, maybe, maybe a year and a half ago. I just, um, I just started, started watching videos and I'm like, oh, I like this cooking thing i uh, I think I could be pretty good at it, so i just i started uh thinking about what I wanted to cook throughout the day um and then i i have a i have a problem with only buying things at the grocery store for that day's worth of cooking so <laughs> um you have to you have to be smart about it but i I cook everything from uh, gumbo to uh, I like cooking pastas um, pretty much anything I, I, I like grilling but I don't have a grill here uh, well we, we have grills at the apartment but um, I, I haven't I haven't really used them that much I should probably probably do that a little more
0: well um, you know it, it being being a, a fan of cooking as well you know it's uh, it's probably it sounds like it's hard when you're when you're cooking for one do you, do you like leftovers? Do you eat your leftovers? Or I mean, what what, hap- what happens there?
1: <laughs> I definitely do not know how to cook for one person unless, um, unless I'm cooking like one steak. Um, but I tend, I've, I've gotten a little bit better. Um, I, I, I will cook about two servings worth of food. Um, and depending on, depending on what it is, um, I, I might eat it. I might eat the leftovers and I might not. Um, I made some, uh, I made some enchiladas a couple of weeks ago and they had, I had about three servings worth and I ended up eating all of those. Um, oh. they were, they were pretty good. Um, I had some, I made some sausage pasta, some, some country. Spicy sausage pasta. I ate all of that, but I I think I might I might still have some pulled pork in my fridge that I that I haven't eaten all of. But that that's probably not uh, edible anymore.
0: So are 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 any are any leftovers worth freezing? Do you do you freeze any leftovers?
1: I should probably get into the habit of it. Uh, whenever I make a gumbo or a curry, um, I should probably freeze freeze some and and take it back out whenever um whenever I feel the need for it again or feel that uh feel like I want to eat it again so the cooking but cooking for me is more about the process and and less about the outcome yeah uh, so i think that's a that's a big part is is yeah I like i like my own food but um there's sometimes that I'll work so hard cooking that I'm not even hungry by the time I get done,
0: (laughs) but you've had fun doing it. Absolutely. So, you know, like I said, you've got people listening all over the world and it, it, there are probably many people who are stuck just like you are in a, you know, in an urban environment where you're on lockdown, you know, you, you mentioned going to the grocery store. I mean, are you, are you thinking ahead now so that you don't have to go out as much? Are you planning ahead or is it still, you kind of go, go with, with your gut?
1: Um, yeah, so I've, uh, last time I went to the grocery store, I, I got a lot of necessary items. Um, I'm stocked up on meat and, um, some frozen vegetables at the moment, some canned vegetables. Um, but, um, running low or I just ran out of paper towels. So, um, I'm, I'm using some some hand towels, but, and the napkins that I get from takeout.
0: Yeah. I think we've all adjusted a little bit. I, you know, I find myself instead of just running to the store and getting something that I want to cook, I'll I'll try to figure out how to make do with what I have in the moment and eliminate that trip to the store.
1: <laughs> I haven't ran out of toilet paper yet though.
0: So well, that's a good thing. I was going to ask you never had to go,
1: never had to go uh, stockpile it and, and haven't ran out yet.
0: All right, that's good. Are you still seeing it in stores?
1: Um, Last time I was there, there was a little bit, but it was still a little scarce.
0: I think that's going to subside. I think people are going to realize how foolish it is to (laughs) overbuy during a pandemic. But uh, like I said, I've got a whole podcast on just why people are hoarding toilet paper. So you know, something else. You know, it's you're a young guy, you're single in Houston. um, There's probably a lot of single people out there listening. Uh, How how is social life? during this pandemic. It's obvious I guess you can't go meet people. So I mean how how are you dealing with that?
1: Um so I mean I guess it's I guess it's a lot like uh a like like the life in sales right now. You can just talk to the people that you know. Mm. Um Snapchat and social media has has uh has been a wonder for times like this. Could you imagine before um before social media uh how lonely it would be right now
0: yeah 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 well all we had was the telephone when i was growing up and that and that wasn't even mobile it was it was attached to a line so um yeah i I can i can i can only imagine how much worse it would be if you didn't have the ability to facetime and and talk to people on a regular basis so let's uh let's wrap it up um we are we are um, About 42 minutes into this podcast, and I think that's a that's a really good time. So remember the purpose of this podcast is for all the people out there who are thinking about sales or interested in sales or curious about sales. And you know, because we're living during this pandemic, I I couldn't not include that. So, you know, being being on lockdown in a big city must be different, you know, must be difficult. And you know, if if you had any concluding thoughts for listeners that might be, you know, in, you know, could be in the, in Connecticut or New York or, you know, Rome or, you know, Hong Kong, you know, what, what would you tell someone, what advice would you give someone, you know, as far as being a professional and, and being in isolation, any any final thoughts that you would share with our listeners about this situation that you're experiencing?
1: So um I would just say that that it's it's a hard time. It's it's something that um that kids my age have have that are that are new to the workforce have have never really experienced before. Um it's it's hard in a big city and it's hard um in a small town. So I just I think that if everybody um if everybody does what what well, does what we're supposed to Uh, washes their hands, doesn't go out as much, uh, and flattens that curve. I think, I think we're going to get through this and, and, um, we don't know what it's going to be like on the other side, but, uh, the unknown is sometimes a little, um, a little interesting. So, um, I I'm just, I'm living it one day at a time. Uh, like I said, find, find a hobby, don't stop working. Um, And, and we're, we're going to get through this.
0: Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I I shared in another podcast that, uh, that we are, we are in mourning right now for the normalcy in our lives and that, that uh, I don't think we're ever going to be the same after this. I think everybody will be changed as a result of this in some way. So I think we'll, we will, we will get back to normal, but it will be a new normal. It will be a different normal. I don't think anybody will, you know, be as quick to, to shake hands like we were in the past or to give, you know, someone that you don't know a hug or I just think it's going to be different. I think we're, we're going to be permanently marked by this, this, this coronavirus. So Cameron, I want to tell you thank you for taking the time to be on our podcast today. And, uh, you know, if, if you're a listener out there and you've got, you know, any questions or, or comments for me, you can definitely reach out. Uh, I, I just appreciate your, your time, Cameron, taking time out of your day to you know, to help enlighten our listeners, because I, I just know that there are millions of people that are going through the exact same struggles, the exact same situation. And if this podcast helps them just a little bit, you know, help them deal with the isolation and the loneliness just a little bit, then I think we've, we've done, a, done a really good thing here today. So Cameron Grubbs, thank you for being our guest today. And for those of you out there listening, always remember that on this show, we go big. We are crazy enough to challenge thinking. We're crazy enough to see different opportunity. We are crazy enough to win. Until next time.